This is Dear Hallmark. Each week, I'll bring you reviews of your favorite Hallmark movies and TV shows. So grab a drink and let's see what we're getting into with this episode. Welcome one, welcome all. This is Dear Hallmark. I am your host, Dara, and you have just entered a neck of the woods where we talk about our favorite made-for-TV romance movies from Hallmark Channel, Up TV, and Great American Family. Today is a very special episode because I am presenting to you my conversation, my interview with the lovely, wonderful, talented Kimberly Sustad. This was such a treat as she was someone that I've I've longed to get on the podcast and longed to talk with. So I got to pick her brain about how she began acting and how she began writing scripts. And then we get into talking about Three Wise Men and a Baby as well as Game of Love, which is her latest movie starring her and Brooks Darnell. So I am so excited that you guys are going to be able to listen to this conversation. What we are going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back from the break, the next voice you're going to hear is Kimberly and I. So I hope you guys enjoy. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone. My name is Dara. This is Dear Hallmark. And this is a space where we talk about Hallmark Channel stuff. But I'm not by myself today, as you can see. And if you're listening on the podcast, as you can hear, I am joined by one of the queens. You guys, can we raise our glasses? She is here, Miss Kimberly Sestad. Thank you so much for coming into the home of Dear Hallmark. Cheers to you. How are you doing? Cheers to you. I wish this was like a shot or something for real. <laughs> yeah, I just have water. <laughs> you should be doing these interviews at like 4 p.m. Or <laughs> that gave it away. That's when I start my shots. No, just kidding. But like at 7 p.m. and we could like turn the lights down low. And have a mood a going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you so much for being here. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I was actually just thinking um this might be the first time I've put makeup on since I retired after Christmas you know oh, wow. <laughs> I just kind of like <laughs> I kind of feel like um the whole Christmas season begins really kind of things start ram- ramping up in early summer yeah and it's like Christmas full time until the end of December. And then I just kind of vanish (laughs) until spring again. And I, yeah, I was like, wow, I haven't gotten out of yoga pants. I still haven't, but, um, and put makeup on it in a really long time. So it's been good. I've been kind of in a, a a cave writing next Christmas's, uh, yeah. Oh, so, exciting. yeah. So we're very busy trying to accomplish that. Yeah. Um, I'll reemerge with maybe makeup on and half a person, but. <laughs> well, we love you yeah. either way because you are brilliant and you're talented, which is why you're here right now, because I want to talk to you about your new movie. But before we get into that, I want to just ask you kind of just a fun question just to kind of break the ice. What's a really, really, really good dish that you've had lately that you were just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. You know what I absolutely love? My, I love tacos. Oh, (laughs) yeah. And I love going around 
any new place that pops up that is a taco joint, I'm there. I'll try it first. Um, huge fan of that. Um, that's my favorite food. I love What it. about you? Oh, very recently, as of last night, I had, um, I went out with my girlfriends um, for Valentine's Day. We did like a Valentine's Day thing. Ooh, and yeah. I had these crab cakes. <laughs> I'm so used to like the overly breaded ones that when I had one that had pure lump crab meat and the spices that they use, my mouth is watering now, just talking about. It. And I had it with some French fries and asparagus. But of course, I started before that even came. I had to have key lime pie first because I'm very much a, a champion of have the dessert first to make sure that you're oh. not too full after. You know what I'm saying? So like I have my I like lime. you. I like you. Yeah. yeah this Where do you live? I'm in Philly. I'm in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Oh, in the States. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And this restaurant, we went I to feel like that is one city I've always wanted to go. Uh, I feel like you probably just step out on to the street and there's amazing restaurants everywhere, right? I just feel like it's one of those cities, kind of like Chicago or yeah. any East Coast. The East Coast just kind of gets it. I feel like Philly does have a really good food scene even right down the street from my house there's this little it's like a dive thing it's a like a little cafe but they have these jerk ki jerk chicken quesadillas <laughs> it oh, is yeah. amazing. amazing i went amazing. to south carolina uh and everything was fried and i thought i'd died and gone to heaven <laughs> like for real <laughs> I was like, um, no, this is actually, I am a sucker for fried things as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so Kimberly, I, the first movie I saw you in where you captivated me was Sense, Sensibility and Snowman. I saw that mm -hmm. one with Aaron Krako and it was you, Aaron Krako and Luke McFarland. And I said, Who's this? Who's this like putting in work here? Like you, you were bringing it and I appreciated it and I loved it. And I I just want to ask you what got you into acting to begin with and also what keeps you in the pursuit of acting? What, what helps you maintain this love of acting so that we can still have movies from you today? Um, you know, I didn't really, I loved theater. I've always loved theater. Um, and that's where I started. Uh, I started in Seattle in oh, that cool. sort of, in that theater world and was taught by some of the, I think the greatest actors that are still doing stage theater in Seattle to this mm -hmm. day. And it was a huge learning process because my first job, I, I had made some friends. Um, they were all doing their master's degree at the University of Washington, which has a really wonderful program for actors. Mm -hmm. um, and they were like, you should, I, I always loved theater. They're like, you should just try out for a, a play at, you know, one of these big houses, like, why not? And I went to a uh, sort of one of those, you know, those like open cold call things yeah. where they'll just kind of like leave half an hour open for like new talent or whatever. And I totally yeah. bombed. I couldn't even remember like the second line. I used to be so nervous to try to get out anything. My legs would shake and like my papers would be like doing this. Um, like this, you couldn't. You couldn't even oh. hear my line. Um, and then I worked really hard for a whole year to do it again the next year because they only did it once a year. <clears throat> this was at ACT. Um, and they called me back and I think one of the direct, the, there was a director there and they were casting a, a brand new show. Uh, and they put me through the ringer because I was so green, mm -hmm. but I must have had like four auditions for this one show. 
and I and I got that. And then I worked with some really great actors. Some of them are even teachers at Juilliard now. Um, and that was sort of my education. Mm. And then I loved that. And I worked actually at the Cheesecake Factory slinging cheesecakes downtown um, Seattle. And Andy Tennant, who was, um, I'm a huge 90s rom-com fan, mm. massive. They're, like <laughs> I know all of them. I think it's where my wealth of writing comes from. I'm an encyclopedia when it comes to those things. I used to just watch them from a young girl over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, so I really understand the formula to those, but Andy Tennant, he was the director of all those really great nineties rom-coms like fool's gold bounty hunter with Jennifer Aniston. He even did, and he wrote and directed Anne and the King with Jodie Foster, which is more of like a romance than a ro romantic comedy, but he was trying to get into television. Um, and he had written a really funny pilot and he was filming it in Spokane, Washington, which is not too far from Seattle. Yeah. Um, and my agent just who, who represented me in, in theater, I guess, reached out to him and said, you should take a look at my actors. I hear you're coming through town. And uh, he was like, uh, okay, sure. <clears throat> And he sent a hotel. I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to a hotel, but actually it was really legit. He, he didn't really have like a casting thing in mind, but he had his group there and my agent came with me and it was like okay. in this boardroom. It was totally fine. And he was okay. really funny and very sweet. Uh, and I got that job. And that was the very first uh, job. And I worked with like Norm from Cheers and, all these really great, funny people in this pilot. And that uh, I got paid from that pilot. Um, long story short, this is going on and on forever. Never ask me a question because it'll like, you know, it's like 45 minutes later. And you're <laughs> no, like, great, I'd love to get to the interview now. No, um, this is <laughs> but I discovered I didn't have to work at the Cheesecake Factory <laughs> if I worked in film yeah and I kind of really didn't want to work there anymore I love the 45 page menu that they offer it's a magazine <laughs> so it is. Magazine. but so stressful to work there and yeah. um I was just kind of looking at my life and going I really love the theater is this a betrayal um not really it and it took me a long time to sort of discover how to uh move it to camera mm -hmm. but that was a really great uh platform that I learned with some really again some really wonderful and very talented co-stars um and that's kind of uh then I got a job and I moved up to Vancouver and then it was uh, Hallmark immediately. I think that <clears throat> I did a show that was for sci-fi and I kind of lived in that world for a little bit. And then yeah. I got, I did nine lives of Christmas. Yeah. Um, and then I had two children back to back in between really kittens of, or, or not kittens, nine lives and Godwink there was, I took okay. some you know, little things that I could handle, but yeah. I couldn't handle the whole movie. I had, the second one was a surprise. It kind of like, I, I was like, wow, wouldn't want them. You know, I was just kind of taken out for five years. Yeah. Um, and then when I came back, I, I sort of, I was like, I want to do these movies. I want to do rom-coms. I want to live in this space. I want to concentrate on a movie and then come back and 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 be a mom and yeah. you know be able to try to manage both of those things. And so off we went with Hallmark. Do you think that you'll ever dip your toe back into theater or or have you um since you've enveloped yourself in this Hallmark world? Yeah, I am uh I have actually commissioned a play with a, a writer that I 
just love and adore. Um, and we are currently looking for a house for it. And it's a two woman show. That is so, so awesome. Uh, when we can find sort of a off off season, probably maybe next year, January, February, we'll we'll do it, and I'll I'll I will I don't know I'll be so nervous that'll be <laughs> you kind of get used to not fearing flubbing anything, and yeah. then you know you're standing in front of people, yeah, but there's nothing like it. You know, you just, it's like the way you feel alive on stage and the way that you can feel the audience travel with you yeah. um, is really phenomenal. There's nothing like it. Yeah. I um I had a conversation with Jacqueline Collier because uh, she did some theater and she was telling me, similar to what you were saying, having that instant feedback or that instant reaction from the audience with doing live theater is so helpful to you guys' performance as you're as you're performing because it, it feeds your energy and then it becomes a cyclical thing because as you receive energy from the audience, you're giving it back and then they're receiving it and oh, then they're yeah. giving off kind of. So it's, I, and that's something I, I want to do more of is go to live shows. I haven't like seen any live shows in quite, quite a while. So I always admire and respect those of you who do performance theater. I think it's a, it's a really a, a tough job, but I also think it's, it's rewarding as well. It can be rewarding. Yeah. So. How how long is the train from Philly to New York? Two hours. <laughs> so I have no excuse. Okay, like well, I have no excuse. <laughs> well, if you're gonna go to Christmas Con, which I oh my gosh, should I say that on here now? It depends on when you put this out. Well, if I go to Christmas Con uh, next year in in New Jersey or this year, I guess it would be. Um, we'll have to go see a show in, in New York if you're there. Yes, 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 indeed. And I, I missed you at the last one. I was I was hoping you came to the last uh, Christmas con, but I know it was because you were film, filming the movie that we're going to be talking about today or in this episode. Um, so, so we touched on your acting. Where and how did writing kind of sneak in there? Was that always kind of a hidden compartment that you decided to unlock late in life? Or how did writing uh, show up in your storytelling journey, if you will? Yeah. Uh, I did God Went Christmas with Paul Campbell. And it was a very sentimental movie. Yeah. Uh, it was on movies and mysteries and it had you know him and I exercised more of the dramatic uh parts of us but in between he was so funny and I laughed so hard it was the first time I had ever met him um and we hit it off so well and the entire time that we were kind of filming we were like ah oh, I wish this was a comedy we like both of us yeah. in some sharp bantery dialogue would have so much fun, you know? Yeah. Uh, we kept trying to find places in Godwink to do that, but it just wasn't necessarily the music that that movie was playing. Right. Um, and he said, well, why don't we write one? And he had dabbled in it before, which I had no idea of. Um, and of course, he always underplays himself. He didn't even mention that. But I uh, I was like, oh, well, actually, I have this idea rolling around. And this is where like that wealth of 90s rom-coms kind of came in. And I told him it. And he was like, I love it. And that was Starlight Christmas. Mm. Uh, love that one. Which we wrote and acted in together. Yeah. Um, and... So that's that's how that happened. I, I I honestly thought when he said, "Well, let's write one." So many times that stuff just kind of you go, "Yeah, let's do it," and then you don't. Sure. Um, Paul really, I think it was like five months after the movie had wrapped. He texted and he was like, "When this week can I show up and we'll we'll like sort of pin out." 
the structure of this thing. I was like, what? I couldn't even believe that. And he showed up with like cue cards and he was ready to go and championed that thing. And I discovered how to, I just discovered it through that process mm-hmm. where he was really lifted me up in that way. It was like, you can do this. You should be doing this. Like you have a natural knack for this. And I was like, no, no, it took me several with him to really actually, I honestly, every time we write a movie, I go, I can't believe I'm writing. Like, who am I? I am not, I can't believe I'm doing this. I have imposter syndrome. Like you wouldn't believe Mm. I just shouldn't be there. I shouldn't even be part of the writer's guild. I'm like, what, what, how has this happened? But uh, people seem to like our movies. So I just keep, keep writing them. So I, that's, that's that's (laughs) the answer. I, I don't that. know. And yeah. Yeah. I, I love that because I, I know I've dealt with that too. I don't write movies. I more so write fiction, but that whole imposter syndrome of like, why am I doing this? Who cares? What is it for? The whole existential life. <laughs> existential moment it's so real (laughs) constantly and every time I submit something to Hallmark I'm like I'm gonna get fired (laughs) (laughs) I I honestly think that I'm like I need a whiskey immediately I'm about to get fired you know when we submitted three men three wise men I was like there's so little Christmas in it. You know, it's like really story driven. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, we kind of veered away from the model and I was like, uh, I'm getting fired. And then they were like, <laughs> great. Like every time, you know, so I yeah. guess if you think you're going to get fired. You might be on the right track. So now that you do have a few under your belt from a writing perspective, Going into it, what do you feel is the most important thing to you about the story or the script that you're writing? Um, every, I was just having a conversation about this with uh, a couple of other producers. And I think the one thing that I, I write what I know first. Mm-hmm. I'm a, or Actually, I think Steven Spielberg said, write what you're a fan of. And that really impacted me when I was watching one of his master classes, you know, those things that they have. Yeah. Um, Because I found that to be so true. From a young age, he was fascinated with war. And he had these like soldiers figurines and he would just like take over the entire dining room or his entire bedroom and like create these epic scenes like since he was eight or younger. And he just, it was like, and then he would like come up with these massive journeys for them. Mm -hmm. And he was fascinated by the story of that. And of course, I mean, he does write what he's a fan of. He just is very fascinated by that. And this, this writer in in me has come out because I am really writing what I'm a fan of, which is rom-coms and they do have a nice twist to them. They do kind of go back to the old school formula um, because that's where my heart is. That's where my passion is. And I, I, I find them so funny. I was never a person that was like, let's, you know, people are like, what's your favorite movie? I'm like, pretty woman, you know? And they're like, what? You know, I don't sound necessarily smart, but that is, (laughs) you know, where I, what I love to like put on, or that's what I feel good to. And there was a point in my life where I just went, I want to make those in whatever capacity that I can. I want to make those. I want to make them better. Yeah. Um, and I'm at a network that is allowing me to do that. And so I'm so thankful for that opportunity. But 
first of all, write what you're a fan of. I think that's such great advice. Sometimes people really reach for something to impact or something to say. And mm -hmm. although that's really great, I think it still has to come from something about you that you yeah. are a fan of or that you're really passionate about or that yeah. is in you to give. It comes yeah. from you first. And that story has to be really honest. And you yeah. have to know about what you're saying. Um, and it has had, it had to have greatly impacted you yeah. for you to flesh out that whole story because otherwise you're too on the nose about something or you can feel somebody trying to jam something down your throat yes, or you yeah. can, you know, yeah. even when you have like movies, like don't look up or things like that, those directors might have like a passion to say something about that, but they're really fans of dark comedy, you oh. know, and they're really talented <laughs> at, you know, Silver Linings Playbook or Don't Look Up or, you know, all of those sort of quirky comedies that come out of really dark places, really like human experiences that are mental health or whatever. But the genre is the same, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, it's funny because <laughs> my friends and I, I, while I'm such a lover and avid consumer of romance through Hallmark in terms of television and then romance novels, I have yet to see most, if not all, of the classic rom-coms that you're mentioning. And so they're putting a project together where they're going to sit me down <laughs> and watch. They're I would have love to be there. Watch these movies. <laughs> Like yeah. there's nothing, you know, whenever I'm writing with, with Paul too, I, I'm like, it's like Silver Linings Playbook, which is more of a modern one, right? That's more recent. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, it's two weeks notice that moment where she's like, oh, I, I can have do the seen pretzel. That. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I don't know that. That's just, I trust you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can see the beats. I remember in Three Wise Men, there was this scene where they're all in the van, mm, which mm -hmm. uh, Paul and I will divvy up scenes. And that, that was one that I wrote. And I was like, it's it. So this whole, this is the new twist on like the all is lost moment. This, mm, you know, the, mm -hmm. but not all is lost, all is found. Mm. And they were like, ah, can we do it in the van? I, you know, do, do we need, you know, like, should we? And I was like, this is the most important thing. I will die on this cross mm -hmm. for this scene. This has to happen. There were several times where maybe it was going to get cut. And I told the boys, you, you, this is the culmination of why we're here. And if you don't have this, the, nothing matters yeah you have to have the part you have to have i didn't know you were going through that or i never looked at it like that you have to have the impact of everything that comes to a pass right and i really wanted it in the van i really wanted those like you know those times that you're driving and you're just although they couldn't do it driving and i really wanted to do it driving there's those moments yeah. where you look out the window that everybody's like thinking through it all and yeah. it's like and that you can play with some dark comedy in the silence when somebody pipes up or yeah. somebody makes a joke in a really bad situation you know yeah yeah, um, yeah we ran out of time and we couldn't play with that but we still got you know the the van scene so yeah yeah so Thinking of it from the viewer's perspective as you're writing, what do you think is kind of the consistent thing that you would want your people who consume your content to get from things that you write? Like me, I'll just say, like, what would you want me to get from each Kimberly Sustad written movie that I watch? I try to do it in the movies that I'm in as well. I try to find the humanity in it. 
Mm. and the broken places, that's where I start because we're all covering and hiding those broken pieces of ourselves. And that's where obstacle comes out of. Mm. We are our own obstacle. So I can invent those for somebody to keep trying to keep that down and then let it all come out, right? So we build Mm. on what was already there and then we uncover it and there's a moment of honesty that you just, you tried and you failed and here I am. And then it feels good and then there's connection and there's resolution and then we move forward and we go, why do we spend all this time hiding? Well, because Mm. I didn't think I would be accepted. Mm. Um, I haven't been. Um, I draw these conclusions about myself and I have fear that is really real, um, really real. So we all spin these, these different things, but I think that's the human condition. I think that's what I try to go for in the movies that I write. I, you know, um, that was three men. I, I wanted to start with three three wise men. I wanted to start with three men that <clears throat> were their own worst enemy. Mm. Yeah. You know, and bring them through that. And of course it has hallmark tone to it or whatever. If that was set to a completely different soundtrack, mm-hmm. it'd be a completely different movie. Yeah. Right. But yeah. it, it has its hallmark player, um, but they did really let us, take them through that yeah and we have many meetings about not spending enough time cookie decorating and doing these things and I said well what do you want to tell do you want to tell the story or the story that happens at Christmas time and they find the meaning that you know the magic of Christmas brings all this together or do you want to lose it in cookie decorating Yeah. yeah well okay let's try it (laughs) so I don't know you tell me (laughs) I don't know if it worked but I think so I do what I what what I think it resonated with and how it broke uh, a ceiling in being the most watched cable tv movie of 2022 all of them yeah just in Hallmark which I was really proud of because I do think Hallmark movies are really fantastic. Um, I think if we can stay on course to the stories that we tell and trust them, mm-hmm. uh, a wider audience can really enjoy them with, with their families. And so I was so happy that not just the Hallmark community got mm-hmm. to enjoy that one, but everyone. Um, and so that yeah, I I think it was the story. I think it was yeah. what these 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 boys being their own worst enemy. We can all relate to that. Yeah. At the end of the day, when you step out the door, it's you, but you don't see what like how you get in your own way, and mm. until you're forced to be honest, and then yeah. you go, ah, oh, why did I spend thirty years doing that? And sometimes it can take us thirty years to uncover that, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're very I, good. We, we, we've we grown. We're very good in like overcompensating for things that we think we lack. Oh, we're, for sure. We're professional. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's what so, resumes are for. You're trying to like flower up your resume and yeah. make it seem like something, but at the core, it's just like, I mean, you know, but yeah. And I, I appreciated Three Wise Men um, because it did feel like a story that transcended the season in the sense that I could see while it was set at Christmas time, I can see the element of the story in just a regular, if it was a summer movie, if it was a, a bonus original, whatever they want to call it. Like it, I think the the essence of the story, like what you were saying, 
resonated more with people and also they enjoyed it because of the humor that that was in it and of course it was three of our favorite guys you know playing in it Mm -hmm. as well so I think all of those layers made for like this awesome sandwich that we were able to consume uh through that movie so so with that though you have a new movie coming to us in March and it is called Game of Love and you are opposite Brooks Darnell which I didn't see that pairing coming I ain't gonna lie I saw the (laughs) I saw the release for it in Us Weekly and I said excuse me so I'm very much looking forward (laughs) to seeing uh you guys' chemistry on screen but um they did give us a synopsis so I'm gonna read that but I would also love for you in your own words if you could tell us kind of um, what you feel we could get from the movie. So Hallmark tells us that Audrey, played by you, uh, she is a board game designer and is tasked with creating a new game to help players find romance. She's tasked alongside research-driven marketing consultant Matthew, played by Brooks Darnell. Along the way, the pair discovers something they have in common. They each have a lot to learn about love so that's the synopsis hallmark gave us at this time we don't have a poster we don't have a trailer so we're really going in blind here in terms of what we can especially again because of the pairing like we know what you can bring we know what brooks can bring we just saw him in the kwanzaa movie uh, that they gave us for christmas but to see you guys together it's that's gonna be so interesting uh so can you speak a little bit to what you feel like the movie will give us as we watch it it's funny you know I think I queued it up really oh we we queued it up really well because um these two people are Brooks less so their own worst enemy Audrey is this really highly competitive uh board game designer that that works at you know this is set in seattle we're in like the gamer okay um yeah in the gamer world and she is a highly competitive but also has a love for creating these games and um she gets in her own ways significantly and, and that has caused her without I think being awake to it has caused her to be and keep people away. Um, She's sort of a lone wolf uh, Mm. that is, I got this, I got this because if she lets people in, they might go. And that would be that the, the thought of that is scarier than the thought of currently being alone and just, you know, she, she's not a team player. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and Brooks and I get paired together. He's sort of a new empl- employee that's been promoted in this like different arena than he's used to. They think that they could use his marketing skills and in, in terms of uh, design, which baffles me. <laughs> what does that have anything to do with anything? And they're like, trust us, it does. We have to be better at like getting these things out there and like knowing what people want. And I'm like, that's not how you make a board game, <laughs> knowing what people want. And he's like, trust me, if you do, this is how we get people in. And like, that's how you make a successful board game. I'm like, this is ridiculous. And that's basically <laughs> the energy that, that Brooks and I have. And I really, we, we're, he's like, are you going to let me? And I'm like, you know, mm. and we we're I'm like, we might have to do this for work, but don't talk to me. And he's like, <laughs> God, you are so difficult yeah uh and out of that you know there's a lot of discovery I think without ruining the whole thing Audrey comes <laughs> to a real uh she can't do it mm. and is 
really slammed up against something that shines very brightly about the fact that she can't. Yeah. And uh, amidst it has been really, you know, not great to Brooks. Yeah. Brooks's character um, and has, a, a, you know, things have to be, well, you have to watch it to find out, but that's sort of the, the setup. Um, um, very relatable. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> For both of our characters, he he's trying to do what he knows best. Mm -hmm. And there are some compromises, I think, that he has to discover. Um, and we both think our way is right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. He he he's a lot of fun. Um, he's so cool. And I'm so not. <laughs> so <laughs> I um and he's so good looking. And I am like, I feel so you know, just like on camera, I just I was like, God, like can like you know what I mean? I am like, like can I you turn it down? So <laughs> yeah, can you stop? Right. And he's like, I'm I'm He's like, I'm literally just here. And I'm like, yeah, it's a, it's my, it's too much. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it works, but at the end of the day, I'm like, they have to believe you see something in me and there's no way you can, because we are <laughs> like, oh my God, you know, but every girl that you know maybe they can believe they can too through me because boy was i a spinstress and a half next to him holy smokes in fact you know what i did i was like i'm just going with it because like he's so fit and like oh all this thing i was like i could barely even i was like i don't even oh like I give up. I'm just totally giving up. I'm not even going to try. So I was like, give me the crappy wardrobe. Give me the like, no. I'm just going to totally be and just like Audrey doesn't try because I can't. Oh, my God. that was when I first meeting him. I was like, hung up the phone and I, I never told him this. But I told the producers, I was like, thanks. <laughs> Thank you for that. I'm, you know, can let's not put me at all on screen. Like, anyway, he he's he's wonderful and uh cool as ever and yeah. uh, very grounded and yeah. Yeah, he's uh, super slick. Guy. He's super slick. There was one movie he did, Advice to Love by. I was like, well, basically what you were saying, like, could you just stop? You laid it on so thick. I could feel it from the screen. Like, it was, yeah. He could... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a smooth brother. But, um, yeah, back... I think it was interesting, you know, his, his, his ways and, and who, a lot of characters that I generally play, um, it's a very interesting energy uh, and it's funny, you know, yeah. it's, it's funny because you go, his doesn't work at me and mine doesn't work at all for him. <laughs> so you're like, but then it's completely the characters mm. and you find mm -hmm. this really, you know, the things that we're putting on to, to try to feel ourselves kind of get melted away and you find each other. It's really mm, kind of yeah. unique and special. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And that's, I think that's super relatable in and of itself, what you were saying just about many people who have opened themselves up so much, not even more so in romantic relationships, even just in friendships. Like I know myself, there was a period of time where like friends kept, they just kept leaving or they they just like stuff just kept happening and I was like you know what I just quit at friendships I'll just be by myself like but then yeah. I also had to make a resolve to be like no like we weren't made to be alone we were made for community so let me just try to just 
do something. And so then the pendulum swung the complete opposite direction where I was like, everybody is my best friend. And I was like, okay, now we got to come back to kind of this homeostasis, if you will, of like that balance between um, finding those few good people that you know you can depend on, who you can share your everything with but still be okay with kind of being by yourself as well. So I think that's, I think a yeah. lot of people can relate with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So what would you say is the one kind of, I don't want to call it a breakout scene, but the one scene where you're like, oh, you guys should watch out for this one. Watch out for this. Oh, There's so many. Um, there's so many. I I think. Oh, I don't want to tell you because then you're gonna like. Um, what an interesting question. Okay, I think there there is a planetarium oh. scene. That's pretty cool. Oh, okay. And, uh, it's shot really cool and the lighting's really cool. And there's this moment, I think, for both of us where there's this acceptance of who each other are without mm-hmm. a lot of words. Yeah. There's this thank you, thank you mm. uh, moment. Uh, and I think that's really special. I love things. I, I, I love subtlety more. Like, granted, I'm doing Hallmark movies now, so it's like not <laughs> necessarily shot the most subtle way, but mm-hmm. they're there. Um, and, and I think that's, that's a special moment. I think there. Yeah. Oh, without, yeah, I think there's this kind of they get each other more than they ever thought possible. Definitely at the beginning, there's also a very fun scene at the beginning when he first gets tasked to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Even the way you put that. <laughs> yeah. That, that is teed up really funny because there's like some people that are really trying to like be on my team. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, busy on my phone or whatever. And then I'm like down and whatever. And they're like, and so-and-so is going to be. And I'm like, you know, and he's like, you know, we're both, this is the worst thing. (laughs) (laughs) But then, you know, he kind of comes around and he's like, this might be good. This might be good. You know, like Mm. I, I can work with this. Um, and I'm like, sorry. He's like, oh, okay, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. There's the initial meeting is cute, and the planetarium. I guess I would say that. Oh. Well, Miss Kimberly Sustad, I want to thank you so much for giving of your time and for coming Whoa. into the home of Dear Hallmark. It's been such. A pleasure. We are for sure going to watch your new movie because we cannot get enough of Kimberly Sustad. So it's we're we're already we're looking forward to it for sure. But before you go, I, what I love to do is just give my guests the moment to just say whatever it is they want to say, whether it's about their movie, something philosophical. It's literally your moment to have. So I'm gonna just let you say whatever it is that you want to say. You don't want that from me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a moment of, of uh, what to say. I guess I would say thank you for being a fan of these movies. I think the community is really special. Uh, and I think what we have found and and being accessible as actors in these movies is allowing people in and talking about these things and uh we can 
go deeper. And there is a really profound community of people that like to talk about these movies, of people yeah. that like to watch them together. Um, I think they bring people together and I feel special to be a part of that. And so I'm really grateful to people like you who spend the time, you know, asking questions about them and promoting them. And uh, I look forward to experiencing some of these conventions where you can meet the fans because I've actually not done that ever before. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I do think what is happening is is pretty special. And so I I'm 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 grateful to be a part of it. So thank you. And we're so blessed to have you. And I don't think the Hallmark role will be the same without a Kimberly Sustad script or acted movie. Just like, you know. Well, you guys. It would definitely go on, but, <laughs> you know. But it still wouldn't be the same because you, you really do. You bring like this kind of sparkle, which I feel like people can attest to that even what you were talking about with the humanity. And look at me. I know I said I would give you the last word, but um, the the humanity. Yeah. <laughs> the humanity that you say that you that you hope to get through it does come through because I feel like what people love about your movies is that we can relate to your character and how like you just bring a across a such a genuine kind of authenticity that we may not see in all of these Hallmark movies because sometimes the Hallmark movies are more aspirational than relatable mm -hmm. but I think what people can vibe with with you is that oh no I can see myself and how she reacted to whatever situation just occurred or something like that like I I really do think you bring like this special sparkle with you that it, it really wouldn't be the same without a Kimberly Sustad movie in the Hallmark canon so I, I mean that <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Show it out loud. <laughs> uh, that's that's nice of you. Um, all you can be is honest or try to be, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, guys, that's going to do it for me here for this episode of Dear Hallmark. If you're watching this on YouTube, there's some links and stuff in the description so you can learn more about the Dear Hallmark family. And if you're listening to this via podcast, there's some links and stuff in the show notes so you can wander around and find out more about Dear Hallmark. But I'm sure I don't have to tell you to watch Kimberly Sustad's movie. I'm sure you are already going to know what's up and what's going on. So we'll talk about it afterwards, me and you guys. But guys, my name is Dara. Her name is Kimberly. And I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Ciao, my friends.